the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back. We're also uh, drinking some drinks because we like drinking. Corey's <laughs> drinking some whiskey. <laughs> drinking. I'm, I live in Georgia. You live in fucking Oregon. I'm drinking some Bud Light. You got you're tall drinking, boy over there, baby. Woo! And you're drinking some <laughs> Japanese whiskey of fancy pants. You're such an Oregon hipster. Yeah, and, and if you want to hear about the whiskey that I'm drinking, listen to Cartwright Presents Curb Your Enthusiasm, where every we don't just break down and discuss Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. over there, but we also talk about whiskey, too. So check That's it out. That's right. I, I've got a like a 60-bottle collection. And so I realized, well, with about as many episodes as there are on Curb, I can go through a different bottle yeah. every episode on yeah, Curb. So, I was like, so Adam's goal is to do one episode or like a new whiskey every episode. Yep. I don't think that'll be a problem. I don't uh, think so either. <laughs> but I have other problems like having 60 bottles of whiskey and drinking yes. them. Yes. <laughs> so. But never a problem is Seinfeld. Well, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly not. <laughs> Today we are talking Season 6, Episode 11, The Switch. It first aired January 5th, 1995. Welcome to 1995, my man. Woo! Uh, woo. Could you please give me the synopsis? The Switch. Jerry tries the impossible to pull the roommate switch. George dates a bulimic. Elaine agonizes over Mr. Pitt's busted tennis racket. Kramer's first name is revealed, and we meet his mother. So, first off, the, the, the busted. It wasn't, it wasn't busted. Right. And second off, the, when Jerry tries the impossible to pull the roommate switch, that, that doesn't tell you that like it's like a sexual, like a girlfriend roommate switch. It makes it sound like he's switching his roommate. This was the worst <laughs> written thing ever. Yeah. And yeah, so Mr. Pitt's racket doesn't get fucked up, does it? It's no. almost as if they didn't actually watch the episode. Yeah. I mean, she gets it. We start well, we start off with a stand up on tennis and I'll let you go through that first. And then I'll, and then I'll bitch about it. Yeah, you're like I, I don't even know where to begin here. Yeah. <laughs> tennis is the only sport where the uniform is what you'd wear under your clothes and another smart. Damn it. I almost had it all the way through, and I said, smort. I'm keeping this in. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to keep that in because I was Fucking stupid. Smort. smort. God damn it. Guys and gals, welcome to be on a podcaster. All right. Tennis is the only sport where the uniform is what you'd wear under your clothes in any other sport. You're actually out there in your underwear. Unless in the old days, you know, they would wear those long pants and big, heavy, baggy sweaters. How long did it take them to get over to that? We're out here in that hot sun running around after a ball. What exactly are we dressed up for? Maybe that's why they started keeping score like that. Point? You know what? Make it 15. I'm dying in the sweater here. Oh, another one got by me? Take another 10 points. Let's just get this over with. Honestly, smart aside, I actually yeah. thought that was pretty uh, pretty good. I like that one because uh, the, the we talked about the the, the tennis. Know. Yeah, on on the oh, damn what episode it was the lady, the deaf lady, right? 
Yeah, so G- yeah, yeah. Why they do why they do their their things? I actually had to ask the wife, be like, didn't I already talk about why they do their yeah. Uh, yeah. their their things? Uh, they they do the counting the way they do, and she's like, yeah, you already did. So I'm like, okay, I won't do that again. Um, but, uh, but I that's why I didn't think it was funny. It's because like, well, we've already had a tennis bit, and also like. I, I just didn't think this one was all that good. Yeah, because this tennis bit should have gone with that episode, and obviously yeah. it's been so far. We don't remember what that was. I think that was, I think that was season three. If I'm if I'm correct on that one, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's it, it, this this should have been there. Yep. All right. All right. We are at the racket club, and Elaine is picking up Mr. Pitt's not busted racket. Uh, it should, literally she just had it restrung, which happens sometimes. Strings get loose, um, but sometimes a string will pop or something, and maybe you have to get. But like. It's not busted. Whatever. And it's never busted after yeah, this. After no, this, once yeah. in the episode is it actually busted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. And the woman that she uh, had an interview with and went on and on about Grace um, last season, I think it was like one of the later se- episodes of last season where she was uh, getting interviewed or maybe it was early this season. Fuck if I remember. It I was, really it don't was, like this character. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was basically it's how she got the Mr. Pitt job. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. which I think was last in the end of last season. Wasn't it? I think it was the beginning of this season. Whatever it was, I fucking hate this person. Yeah. I, I don't care for her one yeah, bit. Yeah, fuck her. Uh, but, uh, but yes, but we remember her. That's, yes, that's how we met Mr. Pitt. Um, a little throwback to Grace. They have a little thing. Oh, you look like you had Grace out there. Ah, uh, with her play. Um, and then she notices this brew line jacket. Jacket. This brew line uh, racket, which is not a real racket company. I did look okay. that up. So, because um, I'd never heard of it. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not a particularly massive tennis fan but i'm enough of a fan to know the companies and things like that but yeah no brew line um apparently she wants to borrow it which uh you know it's mr pitts i don't know why elaine well elaine lets her borrow it because she says that you know oh maybe there's a job at double day this you know uh company that elaine wants to work for and so elaine's like trying to impress her by allowing her to borrow it because I guess as much as we love Mr. Pitt, Elaine doesn't want to be working yeah. for him forever. Of and course not. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. She she wants a, a more of a career and everything, and, and Double Day would be a would be a good one because it was a publishing company. This was what she tried mm-hmm. to get after, uh, whatchamacallit? Yeah, after uh, Pennant. She after was Pennant. fired from uh, yep. Lippman. Yeah. Yeah, Pennant Publishing. So, uh, all right. Uh, Jerry mentions that Newman has the same kind, the same brew line. Also, he mentions that he's fantastic at tennis. Yeah, and I, love I, that. I It's these kind of little things that, you know, they don't, you don't need to see Newman at this moment, um, but you get just a little bit of that Newman lore. Some of, yeah. some of the myth, mythology of the greater Newman. And it's just like, I, I appreciate that. Even just hearing his name made me happy. Yeah, and I love that Jerry knows it. Like, he's, re- yeah. and he says it like very, like, excitedly. Yeah, respectfully. He's, he's, he's good at tennis. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and climbing, uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah climbing later. Trees, yeah. But not yeah. That. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Jerry is apparently dating this woman. You know, she was also there. Apparently, she never laughs. She is just does not, doesn't laugh. She, Haha, that's so funny. That's so funny is what she says. Yeah. That kind of thing. George shows Kramer a uh, pic of the model that he's dating, dating way above his, uh, you know, weight class, if you will, on that one. Um, But, you know, Kramer mentions that, okay, yeah, she eats and eats and she stays so skinny because she's a model. Maybe she's bulimic. Now, George, of course, getting his head all about if she is bulimic or not. Mm -hmm. And and now that you're just talking about her now, we're going to see her in the next scene. But did you recognize her? I didn't. I even looked her up, and I was just like, I don't really know what you're from. 
Oh, the Golden Child. She's Charlotte Charlotte well, Lewis from yeah, the Golden Child. I that's yes. where I always recognize her from the Golden okay. Child with Eddie Murphy. I was gonna say most Eddie Murphy movie well no, I was gonna say like the Golden Child is so low on my Eddie Murphy movies list that like it's not one that I even like think about. Yeah, it's sadly it's definitely not one of his better ones, but it's one that I kind of have like a nostalgic love for it when I was a kid, but it's really actually not very good. But I always remember her from it, so. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um at dinner, this woman is eating just ravenously. It actually reminded me of how George eats. Mhm. Which is kind of yeah. funny. We see we see him when we cut to him eating on a date or something like that. Usually it's him like just going to town on some noodles and going crazy. So how did he land a model? Like, is it because he works for the Yankees? I, that, you know what? That's gotta be it. There's no yeah. explanation, but let's say it's that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So, and honestly, uh, it wasn't funny. I didn't, I didn't find her to be that funny in this episode. Like she's trying to be like, Oh, I'm eating. And I'm like, all oh, like, uh, and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're not that funny actually. <laughs> well, yeah, she's hot. She's though. not, Yes, she's attractive. That is correct, Corey. <laughs> she she has all of the traits of an attractive woman. Good job. <laughs> but yes, she is not uh does not have the traits of a good actress. That's correct. <laughs> of a good comedian. So, yeah. So uh Jerry we see is also out with, you know, the woman he's dating. Um he's trind to make jokes, but she does just does not laugh. And we kind of get some cut back and forth between the the two of these uh dates. Nina wants to head to the bathroom immediately. George tries to stop her, but, you know, this is, she needs to go freshen up. So at the apartment, uh, we get another Superman reference uh, about these jokes bounce off of her uh, as if, like, bullets off of Superman. Yeah. Oh, all right. Love it. Yeah. And, and I'm not, like, even though the last episode was so Superman-centric, I'm still tickled to get a yeah. Superman reference in this episode. Very much so. Uh, Elaine gets a uh, calls the woman from Doubleday. Um, but who apparently hurt herself playing tennis because uh, she apparently does not a fucking swing a racket. Uh, but, you know, in comes George, who thinks he heard uh, a noise because obviously he went and followed her towards. I mean, we don't have to see this. I can just infer. Yeah. That he followed outside, listening outside and thinks he heard her refunding is how he put it. <laughs> He's like, I'm paying for those meals. It's like, she's yep. throwing money down the drain. Fucking. I love all this. I love like, this is like when you talk about how, how like Seinfeld does a great job of like addressing something that's like a kind of like a, it's, it's not the easiest thing to sort of address yeah. bulimia and eating disorder, but man, oh man, like all of this stuff about like, she's just throwing it down the drain. Like I want her to like, at least digest the meal. Like I'm paying for it. I'm like, this is like the perfect, like Seinfeld spin on something where you're looking at it from a weird angle. And I, for me, it just works. The, the whole thing oh. about George being obsessed It's like, and it, you know, it's not he's upset about her well-being. It's not yes. being upset about that. It's because he paid for those meals. She did. She's her body's not getting nutrients from them, and that's ultimately where the joke is. And I think that's fucking gold, man. It fits perfectly with George exactly because it's not about her health or her mental state. It's about him not getting his money's worth. Yeah, and that that is why he's so concerned. And I think that just fits perfectly with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Man, I'm not going to lie. I wish I could have been bulimic. I'm such a fat fuck. Like, <laughs> the thing is, I have no gag reflex. You know. 
Ja. <laughs> Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> but I mean, I just don't. Anyway, all right. So he decides, you know, he needs someone to spy on his girl or his, you know, the woman he's dating um, in the bathroom. He needs someone like a matron, you know, which I, obviously I've never been into the women's bathroom um, and seen a matron. But I've been to plenty of places like yeah. in L.A. that has like a guy um, who's like, you know has like different things for you freshen up and you give them a tip so same kind of thing but for the women's bathroom yeah yeah and i i i always <laughs> i mean i, I was I've, i'm always broke guys i'm an artist like so i always you know had i never had cash on me so like i think in santa monica barney's beanery has one of those guys in the bathroom Dude, barney's and, is a fucking like not a classy i know and they, they they did it in and i was like shocked the first time i went in there and i was like oh fuck me i don't have any cash on me yeah. you know and especially when you try to wash your hands they squirt the soap in there i'm like i didn't i didn't need you to do that dude like i'm not gonna tip you it's and it sucks because like it's not that i didn't want to tip him it's that i had i don't i never carried cash on me ever in this day and age cash is not a ubiquitous thing that people use yeah it's it's a card lifestyle that we have all turned to um into purchasing and so it's like i agree like anytime i went in even at a fast fancy restaurant i I don't, it's not a guarantee I have cash. Yeah. So it's just like, fuck. And sometimes the only cash I have is a goddamn 20 or more because I just happen to like have some and I don't use it. I use it so rarely yeah. that it, like, I'm not going to give you a fucking 20. I'm and it, it feels awkward like putting a 20 in and taking some out. That's even weirder. I mean, <laughs> you're getting nothing at that point, guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a fan of the um, matron or the, you know, whatever it's called yeah what's the, the the male version of that i and i didn't even know that there i mean i i, knew, I assumed because i'd seen the male version so i assume there's a, a female version of it in the female bathrooms but mm. i didn't know they had a name yeah hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Thank you. 
And now, back to the show. Kramer comes in. He apparently knows a matron. His mother, mm-hmm. Babs. <laughs> so, but he has not talked to her in five years. Okay. Uh, Elaine goes to see the woman uh, to get the racket. This woman tore something and may never be able to play again. And she's just so overly dramatic about the whole goddamn situation. If I can't play tennis, then I have no reason to live. Hmm. And I'm just like, okay, then just fucking die. Yeah. Or or then Lane should have said, well, then you clearly have no use for this racket. And I'm going to be taking my racket now. Oh, Elaine. This oh, is, Elaine. This is um, one of my eh, things that I had an issue with this episode. I don't like weak Elaine. No. I like over-the-top shove everybody i'm fucking elaine yeah like this elaine cigar in her mouth the elaine who combats frank costanza that's the elaine that is my favorite elaine stabbing a guy in the forehead with a fork (laughs) that's my elaine i don't i don't picture elaine being a pushover like this but I, i get it she wants this fucking job I get it, and I get by the end of it, she probably is thinking, "Well, shit, I should have just taken it at the beginning like that." But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I always want to see Elaine be a bit stronger than this. Yeah, and so yeah, that, that's really the thing is, is this is not my top Elaine, um, so I have some issues with her storyline, uh, uh, right here because she feels so awkward with the whole fucking arm thing, and she just ends up leaving, doesn't get the the racket at this time. All right, uh, Kramer and George go to see his mother. And when they uh, pop into the bathroom, she turns around, kind of surprised. <gasps> Cosmo! And That's George his first fucking name. just looks up. <laughs> and, dude, I fucking cheered when I heard this, man. I was like, it's here! It's finally fucking here! It is. Uh, you know, we there's there's no, rel, there was never really any setup on what is Kramer's first name. You know, it, it was just a thing. You, you never really worried about it and and there there was never like a big mystery actually i kind of respect that that they never kind of became like a oh push and push and push and what it is it just became a a a story point right here and it's just like holy shit that's awesome yeah and by the way guys and gals i remember how big of a deal this episode was when it came out the fact that you found Mm -hmm. out cosmo cosmo kramer's name i mean it was it was in tv guide it was it was this is like at this point, Seinfeld is ingrained in the culture. Everyone's talking about it. It's it's water cooler. I mean, at this point, it is Seinfeld. It's just Seinfeld. And this was such a fucking big deal when it happened. But you're right. Now that we've done it all, and we knew this was coming, obviously, but like, there was never much on this show where like there were people were ever asking what was Kramer's first name. His name was just always Kramer. And I yeah. really, or, or except for when it was Kessler, <laughs> the very first <laughs> episode. Exactly. Good call, buddy. Good call right there. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I like how this has worked in. Um, mm-hmm. I like how there's no pomp and circumstance. She just says his name because yeah. she's his mom. She would. That's fucking cool to me, dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was just played kind of exactly cool and collected, but like, just like, Oh shit. Holy fuck, we found something that we didn't know we wanted to know. Yep, exactly. So, All right, at the apartment, Elaine explains her situation, and Mr. Pitt needs his racket because he's going to be playing. Uh, And, you know, Jerry suggests that she just goes in when this lady's on her lunch break and just take it. Like, okay, that's not a bad idea, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, George comes up, 
And apparently Babs is going to do the whole spy on his, uh, you know, his girlfriend situation. And he mentions that he got another juicy nugget. He got the first name. He got they end up the first name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they end up laughing and laughing about Cosmo. Uh, Kramer comes in and uh, he realizes what they're laughing about. Aha, uh-huh, the cat's out of the bag. But now he's decided he wants to go by that first name. Yeah. You know what? He is happy with it. And, dude, like, to, to the conversation we just had 30 seconds ago, I like how Kramer now embraces it. And it's not because he's embracing it because the show knows, it, you know, who, what his name. He's embracing it because of character reasons in the show, which is I've been trying to run from this name all my life, but now I am Cosmo Kramer. I'm yeah. going to embrace it. I fucking thought that was fucking genius, dude. It, it yeah. feels so organic, man. It doesn't, this episode does not feel like they're trying to make a point here with his name. It just, it feels like it's just another episode that just happens to have this storyline in it, which is awesome to me. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited that there is Cosmo in the world. Yeah. You know, me too. It's <sighs> great. All right. Uh, Jerry goes to uh, Sandy's place. Sandy is the name of his date. I Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to her name until this point where I heard him say it. Yeah. Um, and he meets her roommate who laughs immediately as his jo- at his jokes and which, of course, he loves. Um, also very attractive. Uh, which, which we find, you know, we hear even Jerry say that, like, you know, when he's talking to George at Monks in the next scene, um, and you know, he, he is talking about like, oh, wow, she's laughing at the jokes and she has a lot of other qualities, um, that, (laughs) that men find desirable, something like that. So it's interesting, dude. So the roommate, by the way, I went down this weird fucking IMD, IMDB rabbit hole, but the roommate is played by Heather Medway, who is the... Daughter-in-law of Bruce Bilson, and Bruce Bilson is like this big-time TV director of Get Smart, The Odd Couple, and Six Million Dollar Man, but Bruce Bilson is also the grandfather of Rachel Bilson, who was in The O.C., she was in oh. Jumper, um, Drunk yeah. History, she's been in a bunch of shit, like, it's, it's, I recognize her, but I actually don't know a lot of, like, what she's been in, and so this, it's funny because this lady, Heather Medway, is Rachel Bilson's stepmom, and then Rachel Bilson's grandfather is Bruce Bilson, who directed Get Smart, The Odd Couple, Six Million Dollar Man, and stuff like that. So I just I just went down this weird rabbit hole where they well because I started with with Heather Medway, and they're like, in in her bio it says she's a stepmother for Rachel Bilson. I'm like, who's Rachel Bilson? Then I followed that rabbit hole. Uh, Interesting. I'm always fascinated by these like Hollywood families, you know? Yeah, that is. Quite the diatribe. I, weird. Uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> what are you? By the way, uh, and I, I know you're you're a bit younger than me, but I was wondering if like on Nick at Night or anything, did you ever come across Get Smart when you were younger on Nick at Night? Uh, I've seen a handful, but really, my brother John watched the fuck out of Get gotcha. Smart. I, gotcha. I, I that was really just a little bit not my thing, but he was a big fan. Okay, okay, and it's funny because on Throwback Trivia Takedown that I was on with John, uh, that you guys should all go and listen, and by the way, John from Action Action, not John Adams' brother, um, but there was actually a Get Smart question on that as well, so I, I you're, that's a good point, yeah, John, your brother is, is, is clearly the Get Smart fan. 100%. So. Okay, cool. All right, so what Jerry wants to do, to get back to Seinfeld here... <laughs> And to talk about his very attractive uh, roommate, or his fr- his girlfriend's roommate. And, and by the way, his girlfriend's attractive as well. 
Yeah, she's okay. She's okay. But, I mean, the roommate is is definitely more attractive. Yeah, without question. Um, he wants to pull off the roommate switch. George doesn't think it can be done. But I am here to tell you it can be done. Oh, my God. I am it. proof that it can be done. Oh, Because my. when I met my, my wife... She was dating my roommate. Oh, so she my pulled wife the switch. pulled the switch. <laughs> and there there were many years later, but she ended Keisha. up switching over Keisha. to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah, Keisha. <laughs> so it is a legit thing. Oh, dude. That, dude, that makes me love Keisha even more. <laughs> she pulled it off, man. She did she it. Did. She did it. Now, it's probably a lot easier to pull off with guys than... Yeah. <laughs> not probably, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it is, but it's still... But not to, not, not to, not not, to, not to take away to, from to it. Not to anything that Keisha has done. No. Keisha is a fucking rock star, bro. Fucking rock yep. star. Very true. All right, so... Uh, but Jerry, he wants to give it a try, and George is willing to help. Oh. So then we get, I think, an absolutely fucking fantastic brainstorming montage we do not get edits like this in seinfeld where they're trying to work it out and i think it is just as weird as to say i think it's adorable i fucking love it it's like it's almost like a heist movie they're trying to like fucking figure out a heist you know and so they're at monks they're they're doing that then they go to the apartment they're figuring it out and man i just dude i love it bro love their their friendship i just you know, man, like it's that it's that, you know, late 20s, early 30s energy level where like you can spend the whole night helping your friend come up with this scheme. Yeah. Bro, you know, as well as I do with responsibilities, you can't do that when you're like in your late 30s, early 40s. Right. It's over. But these right here, you're reminded yeah. like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I just I don't know, man. It just makes you nostalgic for your bro moments, you know? Yeah, I agree. There's some, some good bro moments, but that is, yeah, it's a fun uh, throwback to them. So, and it, it, it's, it's real quick. I'm sorry. It feels like I, I like it's like these pa two episodes back to back with the race and this one. They both have very good George and Jerry friendship sort of things that I love in, in both of these episodes. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, uh, Jerry's he's just worried. They can't figure it out. He's stuck with the non laugher. There's no way to perform. There's no way to perform the switch. George leaves, and there's a nice little beat that the camera just stays on the door, and you're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" He storms back in. I got it. <laughs> He's figured it out. You gotta respect like a solid beat that's just on the door. You're like, you gotta respect the the the, the TV makers, the producers yeah. to like allow that to happen in a twenty two, you know, minute episode that you mm -hmm. get like a half second of nothing just sitting on the door. But it is that beat is what makes George coming in and screaming, I got it True. work. So yeah, I've actually have worked on some projects, you know, where post production has to fit into like this twenty two minute thing like this this 22 minute timeline and every frame is scrutinized legitimately every frame is scrutinized as to is it worthy being into this cut and that's how any good editor should do but proper comedic timing and having a beat where it's just sitting and quiet and like something like this the impact of it on a show 
where timing is so scrutinized, it really goes noticed, like how important that is. And, and, and as an editor and as, you know, a fan of comedy like this, it, it just it works so perfectly. So I got to appreciate it. Yep. I fuck. I love it, dude. Without the beat, it wouldn't have worked. Yep. So. All right. They go over the plan. <laughs> and hold on. And without Jerry's <laughs> hair being messed up oh, in this. <laughs> super disheveled. Because he is it. just like, because they, they have been working on this goddamn situation. And they just plan and they can't figure it out. But yeah. So they go, they go over it. And so what George's perfect plan is, is to ask for a menage a trois, I believe it's called, uh, with the roommate. And I love... I love actually they did another editing technique that they don't use very often here as they're discussing things. They're cutting to kind of like the what if uh, visuals. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing George describing, well, if this happens, then this is going to happen. And then we're going to yeah. see like, the, you know, that kind of thing happening, which is all fantasy. And yes, it's all fucking fantasy pretty much. <laughs> but like. It, it, I, I think it works with how, how George um, is describing. Yes. Yeah. So. No. It, and, and it's and it works well. Like it. Like you said, it's something we don't see often. It just like oh shit, last episode had something we don't see too often. I, now I just forgot. Um, was it? Oh, the, the the fourth wall break. Yeah, the fourth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it works. It fucking worked. And and this works. And that worked. And just yep. like we mentioned last episode, we also missed the internal monologues that actually worked earlier in the the series. Yes. So. Um, not internal monologue, not even external monologue, but maybe fourth wall monologue or past that fifth wall. Um, at this point, so I was watch- I watched these episodes with Keisha, with my wife, mm-hmm. and she audibly went, "Nope," <laughs> when they mentioned the point where um, uh, where the roommate will be flattered by someone <laughs> wanting to have sex with her. She's like, "Nope," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're probably right. Women get." the fact that guys want to have sex with them. Like that is a normal fucking thing. And so like me saying, if I just went down the fucking street and said, Oh, I'd, I'd like to have sex with you. And then I'll walk down to the next one. I'd like to have sex with you. Like they wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm so flattered. Like, yeah. they but, would but be if a like, random woman said you, she would like to have sex with one of us <laughs> on the street, <laughs> it would be yeah. groundbreaking. <laughs> Ooh, yes, it would. But like, so she, she was like, no, that's not a fucking thing. And so like this attractive woman who very likely has had many people who want to have sex with her. Yeah. She's not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, wow. Jerry thinks I'm worthy of a menage a trois. No, everything is worthy of a menage A fucking stump, a greased up stump is worthy for a menage a trois with me. Like, <laughs> like literally, it's not a special thing. So I just thought that was funny. Um, all right. But it's this. Apparently, they think it is just this perfect plan, and um, you know, I love George. He's like, "Yeah, it's what I do. It's what I do." <laughs> so. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month, we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But 
Even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Elaine at uh, the lady, the awful lady, I can't remember her name, tries to steal her racket back. But then this assistant guy ends up catching her and ultimately stops her from taking the rapid racket back. We hadn't seen him before. Yeah. It was kind of weird. He's He's been on SNL. He's like he was a writer mm. for Mad TV and whatnot. I just yeah, I just wish I would have seen him, um, you know, a little earlier. That so some kind of setup before. Well, this. Yeah, just like when she goes to see that lady for the first time, that guy should have like let her in or something. Just give us a little bit yeah. of something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Something. All right. So uh, Kramer, we see him walking down the street, and I love he's getting called Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cosmo. He's really embracing mm-hmm. the name. Uh, even we, I actually hear a uh, Larry David voice yeah, also i noted that point. down yeah and and, yep. and by the way he, he's walking down the street with his mom which is which is super yes. sweet it's su- super sweet yeah yeah no, exactly he's embracing the name that he's hidden from for a while he's also embracing his mother who he's not talked to for five years so uh jerry brings up the menage a trois to uh his girlfriend and she's into it <laughs> holy shit that's all we get for now but holy shit kramer and babs are at monk's and uh, he wants her to quit. He wants her to get rid of, you know, being a matron. Um, and he wants to go into business together. What kind of business? Kramerica Industries? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's That was a little bit weird. I mean, she's like, I always, you know, she's like, I always supported you or I always believed in you, you know, Cosmo. And he was like, oh, as long as you're you're clean. And she, I like how he hits her. She she hits him. She, like, starts smacking him, you know. I've been clean for two years. And it's mm-hmm. it's interesting because... Kramer is such a character, but I mm-hmm. feel like Babs, the mom, is a very rooted and real sort of mother figure. Uh, you know, yeah. she she clearly has is is like an ex junkie, maybe. She clearly has some kind of yeah. like addiction problems, maybe, and mm-hmm. that probably. And Kramer even says earlier, like you know, he's still getting over his childhood and everything. You almost get the sense. That she wasn't the best mom ever, even though it's sweet that they're connecting now. But it's just interesting yes. that they that that care that Kramer is such a big character, and then they gave him a mom that was just like I would almost say a little bit realistic as far as kind of a crappy mom goes, you know? And, but yeah, almost tragic. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit tragic. Tragic. It's weirdly realistic. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I but I like it for that. I I really enjoy yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, all right, so but also, but I would say she's also eccentric. Yes, and so that's you need you need yes. some of that eccentricity to realize it moves on to Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she is also yeah. I, I would see like you know some there's some real shit between them. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, George is out uh, out with his date. Um, we see someone else not feeling well. Real quick, uh, she goes to the bathroom, um, but Babs has quit, and so now George can't get that inside knowledge if she's puking or not. So he's. Waits outside, hears what is puking, and he walks in. Aha! But it's the sick person, and it's not. And it's the the his girlfriend was just actually freshening up, legitimately. Yeah, and and, and that lady comes out of the stall, and I love how George is standing there because he's already had the interaction with his girlfriend, and she's clearly yep. leaving. And he's like, "You feeling okay?" or something like that. But like, guys, 
Did, did that lady have food poisoning? Like, like, what's going on here? Like, shouldn't shouldn't this be some kind of cause for alarm? This lady's puking in the the restaurant. Did, what is that? Does she have food poisoning? But it goes nowhere. That goes nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway. and, and so in and, and another thing that kind of goes nowhere, and I just want to bring it up now. So was his girlfriend, do you think she was bulimic? Like, they don't really. Oh, yeah. Okay. You think I, I, she, he I, just came I in. She was. George just came in after that she had already done it. I mean, I don't think you can eat the the way she's eating and be that skinny. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, it does happen. I, I, I do know some people who do that. Her metabolism uh, could be crazy. Yeah, I guess so. It is. It is possible. You know, fair enough. But but it's kind of weird that you don't really have a definitive answer on that one. Yeah, true. So we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Right. We'll discuss further in our final thoughts. Okay. All right. We see Newman on the street. Yay, Yay Newman! <laughs> uh, we actually saw him back in episode two of the season uh, in the big salad. But it feels like it's been longer, man. Hey, bec- yeah, it does, dude. It really, really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Uh, he and Babs talk to each other, and they. Flirt pretty, uh, pretty egregiously. He's, I mean, Newman's smooth as shit, bro. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and so, yeah. and so is Babs, man. I mean, both of them are fucking smooth as shit. And I mean, but it makes sense that that Babs would know him because mm-hmm. Newman is is friends with with Kramer. So yeah, since longer than five years. Yeah, all yeah. exactly yep. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but they, it almost made it kind of thing as if like. They'd both been thinking about this for a while, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, <laughs> or it's something that has happened before, even. And maybe, maybe, maybe. So, all right, uh, George comes into the apartment, and everything you know is blown up on him in his face with the this the, with his date. I love that we get a quick little. That's a shame from uh, <laughs> yeah, from Jerry. That's all. <laughs> I, I I always love a good. That's a shame. Yeah. So, uh, Jerry tells George. That uh, his girlfriend, she's into the menage. And now George is all super excited yeah. for him. It's awesome. Honestly, I, I would be super excited for you if that was <laughs> if that was a situation. that was If we were both single men, how about that? I know. Yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. If we were both single men, we would applaud each other. Uh, but, but since we're not, we will not encourage it. But, guys and gals, you know last episode when I said this was one of my favorite episodes, I didn't want to mention it? This right here, this dialogue that we're about to get into, yeah. is one of my favorite Seinfeld dialogues of all time. When George goes, you know, he's all excited, you know, you know, menage a toi. I love how Jerry says, I can't. I'm not an orgy guy. And I'm going to paraphrase some things. I'm going to cut some things out. But I love, he goes, I have to act different. I have to grow a mustache and get all kinds of robes and lotions, and I have to <laughs> I have to get thick carpets and weirdo lighting. He's like, I'd have to get new friends, orgy friends. Every single fucking thing he says in this fucking this whole thing, I adore. I yeah. love this moment in Seinfeld history right here because you do. You have to grow a fucking mustache if you're going to become orgy guy. And basically, what I I picture him turning into. Have you seen Boogie Nights? I feel like you haven't. You've seen Boogie have, Nights. Okay. I've seen Boogie Nights. Remember Nights. Alfred Molino's character in Boogie Nights that ultimately kills, um, yeah. uh, yep. what's his name? Um, they, they break into it. They go into his house yeah, to go yeah, rob yeah. him, basically. But anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. in Boogie Nights, Alfred Molino is what I picture Jerry pictures in his head what he yeah. has to turn into if he's orgy guy. And I love this scene, bro. I love it so much. It's a very good scene. A, a great little like kind of short monologue here from Jerry. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, man. Yep. Uh, Lane comes in and she doesn't have the racket. Uh, Jerry suggests that she borrows Newman's brew line instead. And so they head over to his apartment, but because uh, all because Kramer has the key, which actually was like, you know, set up a long, long time ago. Kind of remember when they had the whole key swap episode? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I but, feel like but, that was a thing. Right. But but did you notice where Newman was on vacation to? No. <laughs> well, for, it's weird, but he's on he's vacationing in Baltimore. Oh, is that what they said? <laughs> yeah. God. I'm like, so of course, I mean, of course I have to notice that. But I'm like, yeah. at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck is in Baltimore, bro? The, like, the Inner Harbor is the only thing good in Baltimore. Everything in Baltimore is fucking trash. So I don't, I, he must have family there, I'm guessing. Uh, and I've, I don't know if I've ever been to Baltimore, but I've seen The Wire, and yep. I don't want to go to fucking Baltimore. No, so, so literally the Inner Harbor, where, like, the Raven Stadium, the Orioles, and all that kind of stuff, and, 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 you know, the Baltimore Aquarium, which is actually a really good aquarium, all of that is beautiful. All of that is wonderful. All of that is, like, one mile square block. Everything outside of that is the fucking wire. Just go watch the wire and know you do not want to fucking go in Baltimore, guys, at all. Okay. And I think uh, I think it's gotten worse too with with you know uh, every, everything that's happened in the past year with you know COVID and everything. That's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So they open up the door to Newman's apartment and Kramer sees Newman and Babs going at it, uh, which, uh, you know, she kind of calls out Cosmo again, which he turns. And now he's surprised at the name Cosmo. Um, but my only thing here is wouldn't he have heard that his name was Cosmo by now? Because he was telling everybody to call him Cosmo. Probably. Probably, but my, my thing is, poor Wayne Knight's face is so fucking red that I'm, like, literally afraid that he's going to have a fucking heart attack right there on the spot. There's a couple spots we'd already mentioned that in, like, this show where he just gets so into it and so, like, heated that you see, like, holy shit, your blood pressure, my man. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> I, again, we're all happy that Wayne Knight has lost a lot of yeah. weight and he's he's in good health. So, please, yeah. Wayne Knight, live forever, my man, because we love you. Yep. And and what a great ending. Yeah, and it, yeah, that's a little bit of a wonkiness with him not knowing it, but I think it, I think it lands, you know? I think I think it ultimately yeah, it lands. lands. So, it um does. Adam, I I did the last one, but but this is no. I think I don't know. It doesn't matter. This is Babs. I want to know your thoughts on on the introduction of Babs, bro. All right, this is back to back solid episodes, yeah. which we've needed yeah. because we've had like a, some back to back week episodes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my fucking uh, list now. Yeah, dude, it's we've been in a bit of a fucking slump for a hot minute. Yeah, so this this was needed. Um, I think the montage for searching out the ideas on the switch is absolutely fabulous. I think the Cosmo reveal is absolutely great. I love his embracement of it. Seeing Newman again, obviously always gets some extra points. Elaine was the weak spot yeah. in my opinion for this episode. She is powerless. And um, when she's just like, you know, following other people, that's my least favorite Elaine, but this is a very good episode. This is, a, I was very happy with it. So ultimately I'm giving it four out of five. Menage a trois. <laughs> yeah, dude, I fucking loved this episode. Um, everything about it, probably the same as you, sans Elaine. Honestly, I have felt that Elaine has not been super strong 
for a, for a little bit now, honestly, even into the end of the last season, yeah. Elaine's been a little bit weak. Now I know that she's going to be stabbing people in the heads, in the foreheads with a fork yeah. soon enough. So I'm excited we, for we that. Need, we need, we need Peterman. We do. Um, she, she is in the in between time because at the end of the last season, she was flip flopped where she was the George yeah. and we're kind of in that Elaine weird spot where she is like in between jobs and George is the guy who is, he, has the high job. He's kind of on point right now, you know, and, yeah. and that's fine. Like, because people's lives do that and that's okay. So I'm not really going to ding the episode too much for it. I just wish we could see Elaine do a little bit more, but for the introduction of, of Cosmo Kramer, of Kramer's first name, it's taken us six seasons to get here. Honestly, bro, this was such a fun episode. Almost as fun as the previous episodes, which which I gave a five. I think this was just a just a just a hair below it. So I'm gonna give it four point five orgy friends out of five. <laughs> Difference. Okay. But yeah, dude, I, I feel like we needed these. I feel like we needed this uptick right about now, especially at the be like with the beginning of this season. I was so adamant that this season was gonna be so strong for us that I was honestly a little bit shocked at how how consistent the dip was. Mm-hmm. Now the dip wasn't as far down into like the trip level, but I feel yeah. like the valley was a bit longer than that. So it's really nice to see us really shooting out of the valley and seeing Seinfeld shit that we just like, we know we fucking love, you know, and then just have it, have it validated by the fact that like, I know this is a good episode. Great. It still is a good fucking episode. Yeah, I'm going back and I'm looking at my numbers. I'm like, holy shit. Like, there was a good, holy fuck, a good stretch of everything under three yep. for a long time. Yep. I, I'm, I'm with you, dude. Between five and eight, it's 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 pretty yeah. fucking low, bro. And for me, that's it's even longer. It's actually between three and uh, and eight or three yeah three something like that yeah, yeah. no it's in it, it, actually for me too actually episode nine didn't do that well for me no either. yeah and no, i didn't do it so no yeah. it's between three and nine for me yeah. like holy fuck that was oh wow so it's gonna hurt the uh final rankings i on this know i sure. know I'm, I'm surprised but dude these highs man uh, like the race yeah. the switch these are some yeah. fucking classic seinfeld shit bro yep yep this is good stuff you know what's always a classic episode Action, action. Every fucking episode of Action, Action. Uh, There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, there's three years worth of Action, Action. And if you like action movies, I mean, shit, dude. They they review everything from Starship Troopers to Ricky O. It's fucking fantastic. If you love action movies, check those guys out. John, James, and Dustin, uh, new addition to the BFOP network. The BFOP. And they're they're crushing it, guys. They're, They're creating basically a a all-inclusive list of action movies um of all the movies they review they actually are putting in a list and they're ranking them and at this point they're like three years going strong so check out action action if you love what we're doing here you're gonna love that shit you're also gonna love people don't forget can you tell us about that one I can. I was gonna. Call, uh, I was gonna say can you tell us about that one Scott and I realize your name's Adam so <laughs> can, you, can you tell us about that one Adam 
fuck you for not. How long have we like been podcasting together and all this? Or is it the whiskey's <laughs> this fault? This is the whiskey's fault. We're three episodes in. We don't normally record three episodes back to back. <laughs> all right. Scott Grimes has what he calls a nostalgia cast uh, called People Don't Forget. I think a great name for a podcast as well. Um, and it's all about just different main topics from different years. So he might be talking movies from 2003 and then go over to comic books from 2001 uh, to, um, you know, sports in 1999 All whatever. He'll jump around, but he he's really ties things into bigger genres into um, the year of stuff happening and goes over a lot of things. And so he kind of gets this big umbrella about a whole bunch of different stuff that's been important to him in his life on those years. Uh, usually has some guests recently. Awesome guests. Um, uh, Marcus from uh, also Bench Warmers is also going to appear on uh, episode of Blast from Our Past in the upcoming future. And some other stuff like Scott is doing kick-ass stuff with People don't forget, so make sure you check out his podcast. It's not all that many. Like, something that Action Action, it might be intimidating to check out Action Action because they have so many episodes. Scott doesn't have that many. Yeah, you can, so you can like start from you, the beginning with Scott, for sure. You can start start from the beginning and get in on it, and so that way, like, when he's putting out episodes, you're like, all right, I'm there with him. So absolutely do it. Check them out. Check out everything on the Beef Up Network. Yeah. You know, you've heard us talk about it. So they're much, all great shows. So much good shit. Check out Tim and Dean over at Talking Back. Check out Adam and John, his brother John, over at Blast From Our Past and Throwback Trivia Takedown. And then Zach and I, our friend Zach, I'm doing podcasts after dark if you like weird, funky cult movies. But like... Every podcast in our network has one thing in common, and that is nostalgia. We all look at everything through a nostalgic lens that is sort of personal to the person that is reviewing or the podcast that's reviewing it. And I love this shit, man. Nostalgia is strong right now, especially coming off the heels of 2020. We all needed some happiness in our lives. Nostalgia was strong then. Going into 2021... I think I'm having happy, I'm very happy with the way this year is going. I'm excited to see where this is going, but I think we should always look back at our past. It informs our future, so nostalgia is always important. And we will talk to y'all when we talk about the past with a episode called The Label Maker. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head -head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.